welcome to the best player wins podcast where we believe that winning is winning no matter by how little or by how much we are your guests i am eddie quinones and i am jake deemer welcome jake to the podcast i appreciate you coming on with me this week oh yeah no problem if i I, if I start talking about baseball since I've been doing the baseball podcasts or I accidentally touchdown like a home run or something, <laughs> stop me and, and tell me where I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely you guys have been doing that baseball podcast for, for quite a while now. So it's, it's been a, it was pretty good. So but yeah, I'll let you know. You start talking a little too much about baseball. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll remind you where you're at now. <laughs> So, but yeah, man, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, we'll move on down to to kind of our main section, which was just our prior week's recap. And we'll kind of get it started with our biggest upset. Uh, what'd you have there? Uh, so I had your team over Scott's team. And part of this is I, when I was negotiating with Scott in the trade that I made for Mike Williams, I, one of the things I told him was like, man, you'd have a near perfect roster. And like your roster is what I would want mine to look like, like heading into the postseason. Like that's how good I thought his team was. Mm-hmm. Well, since then, I don't know if I jinxed him because I believe he has not won a game since I texted him that. And <laughs> he's he doesn't look quite as uh, immortal as he did in the first couple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised to see him only put up less than 120 points, and. Uh, for your team to pull out the win there. So that was my biggest upset. Yeah, I, uh, I agree there. Uh, there weren't really any other matchups to me this, this past week that really stood out as huge upsets. There was almost one, uh, another one very similar. It was JC versus Nick. They were literally like 1.2 points away from each other. Um, and JC was able to pull off the victory there. But I, I did have mine. My matchup is the biggest upset. Kind of like you mentioned, those first few weeks, and I mean, we talked about it on the podcast, Scott's team looked invincible. It looked like literally no one was going to beat him all year. He was doing really well. And then out of nowhere, his his team took a very quick decline um, and started falling back down. So, yeah, and I mean, I beat him by like, I think by 40 points, which is easily, I think, his biggest loss this year. Uh, and not only just that, like you mentioned, he only put up 119 points, which is kind of surprising. So, yeah, it's crazy too. He, he did not get hit really by injuries. It was just mm-hmm. everybody crashing back down to earth at one time. Yes, that's uh, extremely unfortunate for him. Uh, and, and moving on to our next topic, biggest takeaway. That's honestly my that was one of my biggest takeaways is just seeing the mortality of his team and everyone just kind of come back down to probably where, not really where they should be. But showing, you know, his team isn't invincible um, as what some of us probably thought early on in the year. Uh, But what was your biggest takeaway this week? Uh, So my biggest takeaway, I am going to talk about baseball just just for a second. (laughs) (laughs) There was was something this year where we saw that rookies and hot hot shot prospects that came up, they did not perform very well at all. And it was kind of surprising, especially considering uh, previous years where they were kind of more, they were, they were always lottery tickets, but they were a lot more likely to hit. But mm-hmm. I think we're seeing kind of that trend a little bit in uh, football, but with rookie quarterbacks, uh, Trevor Lawrence right now is the 25th quarterback. Mac Jones is 27th. Zach Wilson is 30th, which honestly for Zach Wilson, I would have expected him to be lower. Yeah, I thought he was going to be like 40. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that Trey Lance and Justin Fields haven't played every game, but they're 31st and 35th. Honestly, none of these guys have really been very inspiring. Uh, I think I think we have to we have to start thinking that maybe Justin Herbert last year was kind of the exception rather than mm-hmm. rather cool. And uh, maybe moving forward in future years, maybe not count on a lot of these rookie quarterbacks uh contributing right away yeah and i i think that's something that's been shown before i mean even in the past the rookie quarterbacks have never i don't want to say have never but they're usually not very successful uh, i think as the years go on people just expect them to be better and better and 
and to perform really well. And that's just really not the case half the time in the NFL. Rookie quarterbacks honestly rarely succeed right off the rip. Um, so, yeah, that's it's, it's definitely really interesting coming into it and just kind of looking at how those rookie quarterbacks have been performing and, and how bad they've all as a collective have been doing. So I actually saw a ranking earlier today scrolling through Twitter. They had uh, Mac Jones as the offensive rookie of the year. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, what? It's like he's not even the best rookie in that class right now. It's just, yeah, it blew my mind. So offensive rookie of the year, not they're they're including other positions. Yes, including other positions. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. That one that one threw me for a whirl really quick. I was like, a few guys stood up to mind, and immediately Jamar Chase to me is offensive yeah, rookie does, of the year right now. How does so. he possibly get picked ahead of Jamar? Exactly. <laughs> so I, I don't know what this reporter was smoking, but he's he was definitely not on the right stuff there because it was. I was surprised. Maybe he can only watch Patriots games, so he's only seen the Patriots and their opponents. I think that's the issue because he had obviously Tom Brady's playing really well. He's up there, but he had Tom Brady up there, so it might be just a Patriots thing for him. All right, moving on down to our next section, go our top three standings updates. So at number one, we have JC at nine and one. We have Lucas at seven and three. And Sean at seven and three. So we're seeing, you know, JC's putting a little bit of space between himself and and the next closest. Uh, and then everybody else is starting to kind of gather up in the middle and, and it, it's becoming a little bit more of a tighter race, which you like to see. So moving on down after that, we have our team and player analysis. Uh, so last week started a new, uh, new segment uh, for Stardom Sidham Thursday Night Football Edition. So I'll pick some players in opposite position. I mean, in opposite teams and, you know, I'll ask, you know, which ones do you want to start or which ones would you sit depending on the matchups and, and, and whatnot. So last week we had at quarterback, we had Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson. I picked Matt Stafford, uh, which that one panned out to be true. Matt Stafford performed better than Russell and Russell had to leave uh, the game early because of an injury. Uh, next I had Cooper cup and Lockett. I picked the cup and again performed as I expected. Cup, I believe, had 16 points and Lockett only had about 10. And then for the final one, I had Daryl Henderson versus Chris Carson uh, or whoever the backup running back was at the time because Chris Carson was questionable. Uh, it ended up being Henderson, anyways. Uh, I think the Seahawks run defense just wasn't that great and Henderson had a field day. So not too bad there for me last week. So moving on to this week. Going to get you involved a little bit here, Jake. So for this week, we have the Bucks versus the Eagles. And very first one, quarterback matchup. Who are you starting and who are you sitting? Tom Brady or Jalen Hurts? All right. So I think first, my I guess my bold prediction here, both quarterbacks will be top five at the position this week. So I don't think that just because I say sit one, that they're going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to say that I'm going to start – Jalen Hurts here. Uh, Tampa Bay has kind of been average against quarterbacks. It seems like they're the way to attack their defense is through the air. Uh, their secondary is real beat up, and I think that should help Hurts make more plays with his arm this week. Uh, Floor is always really going to be there with him because he is a very prolific running quarterback. Uh, he's not scored fewer than 20 points all season. And uh, just an interesting stat, he's had five touchdowns called back by penalties, which is insane. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's – I've never seen anything quickly into the season. But on the other side, Tom Brady, I I really do expect him to be great. Like, it's incredible that he's leading the league in passing yards this year at age 54. Yeah. Uh, My only hang-up really with him is kind of the thumb injury, and he's coming off a short week. And I, I do think the Bucs are a much better team than the Eagles. I kind of expect them to be playing with a lead, so maybe they can uh, lessen Brady's workload this week. I'm not really worried about the thumb long-term. He's yeah, sort of like magical inner healing powers that he can yes. <laughs> to fix that. But just this week, coming off a short week, maybe they can see this as an opportunity where they can uh, kind of take it, take it a little easier with him. 
Whereas I think Jalen Hurts is going to be playing from behind all all game and be asked to do a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel that. I'm actually going to go. Wanted to go on the other hand here with uh, Tom Brady, um, number one quarterback in fantasy right now. He has not turned the ball over in three weeks. He had a fumble in week two. Uh, but other than that, he has not turned the ball over. He's got six touchdowns to no turnovers and is averaging about 350, 360 passing yards um, since week three. So I think I think he'll do tremendous. And I'm going to take – I think I'm going to take Tom Brady here over Jalen Hurts. But again, like you said before, not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't going to do well. Um, I just believe that Tom Brady might have a little bit of a better week than Jalen Hurts. All right, moving on down to our next one. We're going with the running backs. Are you starting or sitting Leonard Fournette or Miles Sanders? Uh, so I'm going to give the start to Fournette again. This kind of has to. This kind of goes with how I expect the game to go. Uh, Ronald Jones is finally not a thing after a long time of us hoping that he was not a mm-hmm. thing. Finally, not a thing. And uh, it helps to the opponent that the Eagles have given up three straight 100-yard rushers and four touchdowns to running backs in the last three weeks. So I really expect Fournette to have a pretty decent workload and also to uh, be pretty effective here. On the other side, Sanders, I I guess the Eagles just kind of hate him. They don't give him a whole lot of time. Yeah, man. But the Bucs are kind of impossible to run against. Uh, really, he Kenneth Gainwell is the better pass catcher of the two. Mm-hmm. Anders caught five balls last week, but he only got six yards on those. Uh, I'm assuming the Eagles will be playing from behind. Uh, I think that that could really cut into Sanders' already light workload, and we've seen that it can get uh, pretty light because I believe he only had what it was it like it was a two touches or two rushes one week. Either way, I mean it's that's really nothing for a running back, but. Yeah, I mean, in total, week three, he had five total touches. Uh, We've we've seen the Eagles go away from him, and I think that could happen again here. Yeah, uh, it's just not looking very good for him. I think I'm taking Leonard Fournette here as well. Uh, Miles Sanders is RB30, and Gainwell is 31. So that kind of lets you know what they're doing this year, and they're not getting him very involved um, in that offense. I think it has a lot to do with them trying to break in Jalen Hurts and and letting Hurts – throw the ball a little bit more to get him a little bit more accustomed. Uh, but it's just not going to help them win games. Uh, he's probably your best player on that offense, and you're not really using him. Um, obviously, Devontae Smith might be the only exception there. But, yeah, it, it, mind-boggling a little bit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Leonard Fournette here. I think it's, it's probably the easiest choice here. All right, next we have wide receivers. So we have Devontae Smith or Antonio Brown. I'll go ahead and lead us off here. And I'm actually going to go with Devontae Smith. Uh, probably a little bit surprising. Obviously, Antonio Brown, when he plays, he's been doing tremendous. Um, he's been doing really well. He dropped like 30-something points last week, I believe. Uh, but Devontae Smith doesn't have much competition on that offense for him to really have to contend with. I think the ball's mostly going to be going to him most of the time. If not, they're going to be looking at him. So I think he'll have more opportunities this upcoming week. Um, the Bucks pass defense is it's okay. It's not the greatest. Um, so I, I do think Devonte Smith will get the better hand here. What do you got? Yeah, I also have Smith, and I was what kind of pushed me towards him even more is Dallas Goddard is going to be out for this game, uh, and I know that Smith was already the clear number one uh, pass catcher there, but. That's just one less mouth to feed. Uh, he, he's really racking up air yards. Uh, it's just the TDs that aren't really there. So I think that's, I think he might actually be a little undervalued overall just because the touchdowns haven't come yet. Yep. Uh, and with how I see this game going, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities against that beat up Buccaneers secondary. Uh, I think Antonio Brown will have a fine game though. It's just like nothing the Eagles defense really scares me away. The Bucs just seem to kind of rotate bad games among their pass catchers or uh, less effective games, I guess. Mm-hmm. Really, I don't think that they're going to – I don't think that Brady is going to have the same workload he did against Miami. So I think there will kind of be less uh, less passing yards to go around uh, between the pass catchers. And it's really 
anyone's guess which of the three Bucks wide receivers will be number three out of that group any given week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Devontae uh, Smith, I think he's uh, averaging about 12 and a half points right now per game, and, and that's only with one touchdown on the year. Um, so not horrible for him, uh, but I do expect them to kind of get out of that rut a little bit, you know, get a touchdown this week and and put up a decent number and finally break 20. So, yeah. All right, moving on down to our next section with our matchup preview. So with our best, best matchup, I'll actually go ahead, take this one here, and I actually have the Battle of the Brothers. So I have Otto versus Otis, uh, Nate versus Nick. So I, th- I think this will be a really fun matchup. I think the running back matchup will be really fun. Uh, McCaffrey, I know today came out and they said he's 50-50. They can't lean one way or the other. So hopefully he plays. Um, and then JT, Jonathan Taylor, has turned it around a bit in the last couple of weeks after starting off extremely slow. He started off 17-6-8. and eight, And he has 20 and then 31.9 last week. Um, so JT's really turned it around. And he's looking to stay hot. So I think the running back matchups between these two will be really fun to watch um, this upcoming week. And, and the quarterbacks themselves are, are a pretty fun matchup to watch. You know, you have Dak Prescott versus Josh Allen at the very top. And then you have Sam Darnold versus Derek Carr, who have both have been doing pretty well this year. So who do you have? Uh, so there were a lot of really good matchups this week. I mean, I could talk about the the one you just mentioned, or there's a couple other ones against some uh, there's a couple other heavyweight clashes. We got JC versus Damon, uh, Kevin versus Sean, and uh, Scott versus Lucas. But I'm gonna t- my best matchup is for an entirely different reason. It's Eddie versus Mike, and Mike is coming off a career fantasy football outing with uh, 227.1 points, but now he's running into his fantasy sports arch nemesis. <laughs> You beat Mike twice in baseball where Mike finished second. Your team did not make the playoffs, but you still beat him twice. Eliminated him in basketball last year. Uh, you are the Islanders to his penguins. Uh, I, I want to see if he can, if he can defeat the boogeyman this week. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. I, I had that one up there. Um, and Mike just can't seem to get through me. No matter what the sport is, basketball, baseball, football, who knows, we'll start a hockey league here in a couple of years and he probably still won't be able to beat me. And I don't know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I think I think it's fun. Matchups between Mike and I are always fun um, and it's always fun to watch. But best of luck to him this week. Uh, but it'll be really fun. I agree. All right. Moving on down to things to watch for this week. Well, you know, what, what are you keeping an eye on this week in terms of fantasy in our league? Um, All right. So it's for me, and maybe it's because I'm one of them, it's teams on the fringe. Uh, and a lot of these teams are playing each other this week. It's you versus Mike, me versus Kyron, and Nate versus Nick. All of us are kind of on the fringe of playoff contention. I think the losers of these games are going to, obviously they are going to be farther away from playoffs. And I think that at that point, urgency kind of has to really step in. And uh, I'm not normally one to like to panic in fantasy sports, uh, but I think if I if I lose, I'm definitely going to have to shake up the team. Even if you believe that your team is still good, uh, if you are a couple couple games out of playoff contention at this point, with a lot of people to jump to get there, uh, you might need to start reevaluating things. So I think it'll be. Interesting to see which of these, which which of these three matchups, uh, whoever loses them, uh, see what they do. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think it's something that'll be really interesting. You know, we have three teams tied at three and seven. Um, Mike at four and six at the eighth spot. So it, it, it'll definitely be super interesting. You know, some of these teams, even if you lose, splitting the series wouldn't be horrible. You know, getting a league median win goes a long way, uh, especially right now. So. Yeah, if you, if you see some of those teams drop to 0-2 or not hitting that league median, it'll definitely be really interesting to see what the trade market uh, is going to look like after this upcoming week. I think there will be a pretty big uh, shift that's been pretty quiet the past couple weeks, which is extremely surprising for this league. Because at this point last year, I mean, we probably had like 15, 16 trades. Um, as to where right now, we, we're really not up there. Uh, in the amount of trades and it's really been one guy that's been trading. So um, 
it'll definitely be really interesting to see what the market's going to look like in about a week. So I do agree there. So moving on down to our matchup predictions, starting off at the very top uh, with myself versus Mike. Uh, I'm going to have to take myself here. I I can't go against myself this week, even though maybe I should, because last week was the first time I went against myself and, and I, I pulled off a pretty big win. So, I don't know until until I see it happen. I don't know if I can pick Mike to beat you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, currently, I think it's about six and zero, seven and zero, or something like that. So we'll see. Knock on wood. <laughs> All right, moving on down, we have Hugh Neutron and Lucas versus the Thundercats. Uh, I actually have Hugh Neutron uh, winning this one here. Uh, I think he's going to kind of get keep it rolling. I mean, he's in second place right now. Um, and I think his team's going to perform really well. And again, the Thundercats, I, I just don't know what his team's going to do uh, this upcoming week after such a bad performance. So who do you have? Yeah, it's, this one I think is going to be pretty close. If there's one thing that I could see sinking Lucas, it's really it's Justin Fields because it's mm-hmm. the back position is one where uh, you pretty much need everyone to score score well because a, a lot of teams – like that's the position where you have the most points and uh, fields. It's really not too far fetched to say like he might not even get 10, no, but I am still going to pick Lucas in this matchup just because of how Scott's team performed last week. Still have a lot of faith in Scott's team. It's just uh, like how healthy is Mixon going to be? He was kind of just almost like a decoy last week. Uh, Swift. I, I saw is also hurt. Hawkinson has been, it's been a complete, it's been night and day since uh, the first couple of weeks when we thought he was going to be a top tier tight end. Yeah. I think I, I'm going to pick Lucas just because I think Scott's team has more question marks, but I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if Scott's team just popped off again. No, I, I mean, I agree. I, if his team's fully healthy, it's one of the best. It's just health is the issue. So, all right, moving down, we have Randy Marsh versus the football heads. I'm going to take the football heads here. Uh, I think he's been on a roll. He started off pretty slow uh, to the season, and he's just been kind of winning them out right now. So I'm going to take the football heads. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm also going with Sean here. Just And that one of my re- my reasoning is uh, Kevin has a few backup running backs in, and I'm not sure if we completely know. We don't know for sure how they're going to be deployed. And I'm talking about Booker and Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just lost. He he just lost Barkley and Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, I think that I, I don't know that we don't know what Booker and Williams. We don't. We're not totally positive what their usage is going to be like. Yeah. So I think that uh, I know Sean's team is rolling right now. So I think he's the safer bet, and I'm going to go with him. I agree. All right. Next, we have Penguins of Madagascar. Yourself versus Rolf Boy. I think uh, no disrespect to Kyron, but this is probably the easiest decision to make this week. Uh, and I'm going to go with your team. Uh, his team just is not looking very good right now. He's got a lot of injuries. Um, got a lot of questionable players in there. Chris Carson's been injured. James Connors, meh. Uh, his best players, probably Adam Thielen on that roster. Uh, it's just his roster's not looking very strong right now. He's got a lot of people hurt right now. So take yourself. Yeah, the, the loss of Russell Wilson is going to hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I see that Gina, well, I know Geno Smith and Chris Carson both get the Steelers defense next week. And yeah, it's at Pittsburgh. And I can't, I can't see that going real well for either one. Yeah, it'll be rough. I actually, uh, I wanted to go to that Seahawks and Pittsburgh game because Russell Wilson's one of my favorite quarterbacks. And luckily, I didn't get a ticket because I would have been real sad going to that game watching Geno Smith throw the football. So Gino, Gino Smith versus the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger is your primetime game. Yes. That is a tremendous Sunday night game to watch. (laughs) All right. Moving on down. We have Scooby and the gang versus the Rickus Rick. Um, I don't think that I can go away from Scooby and the gang at JC right now. Uh, His team's just been doing really well and there's nothing really, pointing me towards the direction of them not doing very well. So I have to go with Scooby here. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with JC too. And maybe drafting two elite Titans will be the new draft strategy going forward. Yeah. I mean, I saw a TikTok. Uh, I want to say like three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, 
about this guy. He was talking about in his league the past three years that someone has drafted two of the top elite tight ends. They've won the league every year. So maybe JC was watching a few TikToks before the draft and he got the strategy and, and wants to pull it off. But so far it's working. So good for him. All right. And then the final matchup. We have Otis and the Bell Cows versus Auto Rocket. Who do you have here? Uh, this was probably the closest call for me. Um, a lot of it's going to depend on if McCaffrey plays. Uh, I, I know you said it's 50-50 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with with Nate here. I know it's gonna it's going to be really close, but uh, yeah, coin flip. I'll go with Nate because I overall I think I like his line up a little more and uh plus nick has the kind of the question mark with mccaffrey yeah i agree uh i think the overall health on nate's lineup right now is just a little better it's a safer choice uh nick has two question marks with melvin gordon and christian mccaffrey again i'm pretty sure melvin played last week and he was questionable going into last week so he probably won't have too big of an issue uh but he did Actually, today, looking at it right now, it's questionable again because he didn't practice today due to an unspecified issue. So we'll see if that carries into the weekend or if it prevents him from playing. So I'm going to have to take Nate here, a little bit of a safer bet, uh, and I expect him to pull this one off this week. So that was our recap. Um, So to go over it again, Jake and I had myself in the matchup versus myself and Mike. Uh, We both had... Lucas, Hugh Neutron, in the Hugh Neutron versus Thundercats. Uh, we both, I believe, had the football heads over Randy Marsh. Uh, we both had the Penguins over Rolf Boy. Both had JC over the Rickus Rick. And we both had Nate over Auto Rocket. So we'll both either look like geniuses at the end of the week or like idiots, depending on how these matches play out. So, yeah, zero drama in that segment. Yes. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next section for our trade recap. So two trades this week, nothing really significant. Uh, Very first one, we had the Auto Rockets traded away Tyler Higby for Marvin Jones Jr. My initial thoughts here, nothing too significant. I think it was a need for a need. Marvin Jones hasn't been performing very well. And Higby has also not as he hasn't really been performing super well, so. I think it was a need for a need here. Uh, depth worked out for both of them. So I think it was a pretty decent trade on both sides. What do you say? Yeah, I wish I would have done this last week because uh, I had to suffer through Cameron Brait and his one catch for like 11 yards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I needed a tight end very badly. And Nick texted me this trade. I said, deal. And that was it. Yeah, I mean, it, Higby is not like a beautiful trade. It's not someone you look at and you're like, wow, I'm getting Higby. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, he's been averaging nine points, which for a tight end is not horrible. I think last year at the end of the year, the average tight end was like at around 13 points. So not a horrible place for you to be at right now. And and Higby has that upside. Um, he'll get his targets. He's, he's more of a red zone kind of guy. That's where he'll get his points, uh, except for week one where he had six targets, five receptions for 68 yards. Um, but yeah, not, not horrible. I don't, I don't mind the trade. Yeah. And, and, he, he, Higby's really just a dude and yeah. at, at yeah. that, where I am with tight end, that's really all that I, I that's need. all you need. You just need a guy that's going to get a couple targets, uh, get you maybe a, a few receptions here and there for some yards, get you about six or seven points and call it a week. Um, so yeah. All right. Moving on down to our next trade, someone who's who's been active every week. We have Gods of the Super Saiyans, trades away Chase Claypool and Antonio Brown for Calvin Ridley uh, from Kyron. Actually, I actually like this trade for Kyron. Um, I like Antonio Brown coming into the year when he plays. He's been doing really well. Um, and Chase Claypool with Juju being down, I think Claypool's talk should skyrocket. I think he's going to get a lot of targets, um, and I think he'll benefit a lot from it. Uh, again, Calvin Ridley, I'm not 100% sold on him this year. A uh, little bit inconsistent. Uh, he hasn't been playing. He didn't. I don't think he's played, what, the last two weeks? 
Um, he hasn't really played, so I mean, he dropped 10, 19, 4, and 15, but I'm just not in love with him this year as last year when he came into the year and he was absolutely killing it. Um, so I favor, I favor Kyron side of the trade on this one. How about you? Yeah, I think I do too. And I'm really, is a very safe receiver this year. He's a nice floor, yeah. but the problem is that Matt Ryan's kind of turned into Alex Smith where he's kind of captain check down and that's all he's really doing. So the, the upside with Ridley is kind of capped because he's only running short routes and that's all uh, Matt Ryan's throwing. Uh, I think I, I agree with what you said. I think Claypool's going to be, he, he's going to be very good with uh, Juju out. Um, and then Antonio Brown is, he's a solid, he's a solid number two, I would say. But I think the biggest thing for Kyron is he's getting, he's getting bodies. Uh, Ridley was on by this week and we already talked about how Kyron had a lot, has a lot of injuries on his team. Yeah. So getting two healthy players and sending away a player that is not going to play this week is a big deal. Uh, on the other side, though, I I do have to question it a little bit for Mike because he is on the fringes of playoff contention, and he's kind of I mean I would I don't want to say he's in must win mode already, but you're you're inching closer there, and you're trading for a player that I know I get that this is the first week of buys, but you're trading for a player that's on buy this week, and you're yeah. trading two that would have played. That seems like a pretty significant swing. Yeah. It's a move that you'd think you'd probably wait till after the bye week to make this move. So, not yeah, really those sure are kind of my thoughts on there. it too. But yeah, overall, two two pretty decent trades. Nothing too uh, nothing too crazy going on so far. So, all right, going on to our around the league segment, starting off with our fantasy over under. Uh, so last week we had Stefan Diggs at sixteen over under. He ended up hitting the under on that. Um, as a matter of fact, all three of them hit the under. So Stefan Diggs, Dak Prescott had 23, was my over-under. He had 20, I believe. So he hit the under. And then Darren Waller, I had him at 16. I think he had about 10 or 11 points this past week. So he also hit the under there. Uh, moving on to this week's over-under. Starting off at the very top, I have a Dawson Knox at 13 over-under. What are you taking? All right, so supposedly the Titans are tough against tight ends. They're currently third against against tight ends, according to ESPN. But I really don't think that's going to matter. I'm not trusting them. I'm not trusting the Titans to shut down an offense as good as the Bills. And Josh, when they allowed Zach Wilson to throw for nearly 300 yards and two scores. I mean, I have a, I have a really hard time believing yeah. that not going to find the end zone here. So I'm taking the over on this one. Yeah, and I mean, Dawson Knox has, has been on fire the last three weeks with 15 and then 20.7 and 20.7. Um, he's averaging a touchdown a game right now. So I think him and him and Josh Allen have a really good connection so far. So I'm also taking the over on this one. Next, Justin Herbert at 22 points over or under. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the over here. Ever since I traded him away, he's decided to absolutely pop off, uh, which hurts a little bit on the inside, but it is what it is. <laughs> But I'm taking the over here. What do you have? Yeah, I'll, I'll go over here too. Herbert's just Herbert's special. Nice. I, I believe that he he's such a different quarterback than he was in college. It's just like I I, I don't know. I just can't believe that he yeah. he had two a drafted over him. This dude is just he's amazing. I was actually just scrolling through Twitter today, and some guy had tweeted something out about people hopping on the bandwagon about Justin Herbert. And how it's too late to hop on a bandwagon. Then somebody screenshotted one of his old tweets from like a year and a half ago. And the guy was saying that they should have taken Tua over Herbert or whatever the case is. He said he tweeted out like I would have taken Tua or anybody else over Herbert. I absolutely hate Herbert. And then now he <laughs> he loves Herbert. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty funny. I sat there and laughed for a little bit because I thought it was pretty hilarious. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he started off the year with. 27 points or 28 points total in the first two weeks. And then he decided to drop 30, 21 and 42. He has not had a turnover since I let him go. And he's averaged about 3.7 touchdown, 3.7 to be specific touchdowns per game. So inside I'm regretting a little bit, I might have to enact the rule next year called the Herbert rule that I don't trade a quarterback till after the third week. If he's not performing well, because yeah, 
not too great. Yeah, he's he's had a lot of touch to, in the early going. He had just had a lot of well, like his interceptions came in the end zone. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, he was he's been on fire. Right? He's, I I can't wait to see the the matchups between him and Mahomes for for years to come. Yeah, it'll be very fun. And little side topic here. Speaking of Mahomes, he hasn't been doing insanely well uh, this year in terms of turnovers. Um, I think I saw a statistic. He has six turnovers on the year so far. Uh, Last year, he finished with six on the year. And the year before that, I believe he had like five. Um, So definitely, and, and this is something completely off the cuff. This isn't something that I wrote down, but does that worry you about Mahomes at all in terms of him turning the ball over so much so far this year? Or do you think it's just more so growing pains, some, some drop passes or, or what are you thinking? I don't know about like growing pains, but I, I don't, I just think he's, he's always kind of played recklessly. It's never really bit him until now. Mm-hmm. The chiefs defense is so bad though, that I think <laughs> that, yeah. like he's going to be in a shootout just about every week. Yeah. Like he, he's going to be asked to pass the ball quite a bit. So I think maybe this increase, I, I'm not worried at all just because I think the increase in volume and he's, he's still really good. He's the number two quarterback on the year still, even despite having all those turnovers. Yeah. I, I still think he's, he's fine. And the fact that he's going to be asked to shoulder the load every week, I, I, I don't expect another 18 point outing from him. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be 20 plus from. Yeah. I think that's his floor for the year uh best way to describe patrick mahomes for me and i was just thinking about this is in madden when you go to create a player and you have a quarterback half the time you create a quarterback in madden you throw for like five touchdowns and like three interceptions like every game just because you're tossing the ball around the field and not really thinking about where you're throwing it you're just throwing it to someone and hoping they make a play um you're trying to pad the stats exactly so i i think compared patrick mahomes a little bit to that um I mean, he's going to have two or three touchdowns a week, and he might have one or two interceptions at the same time during that week. Um, but he'll still pull up, put up three hundred and thirty plus yards or whatever the case is, you know. So, but yeah. All right, moving on down to the final over under. We have Devonte Booker, the replacement for Saquon Barkley. Figured I'd throw this one in there for fun. Uh, Twelve point over under. What are you taking here? Uh, so this is a, this is pretty tough, but I, I'm not really I'm not I wouldn't say I'm down on Devontae Booker, but I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna take the under here. Uh, he's not very efficient. He only got 58 total yards against the Cowboys last week. Uh, the Giant, but the the biggest thing for me this week in particular, like I think he'll be fine going forward, but this week in particular, the Giants are so beat up right now on offense that the Rams could really just kind of key in on stopping him, and if especially if Tony doesn't play. That's probably what they'll do. And yeah. uh, I, he's if he's not, he's not efficient. And if they fall behind early, he might not have that many touches. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the under here. Yeah, I'm also going to take the under. I'm not huge on him. I, I think when he played with the Raiders last year, he was pretty efficient when he touched the ball, and, and he played really well. I just haven't seen that out of him this year. And again, if Kadarius Tony doesn't play this week, uh, Sterling Shepard doesn't play this week, um, there's Galladay is probably not going to play this week. Daniel Jones is questionable this week, so there's a lot going bad for the Giants' offense, and I just don't think he's going to reap any type of benefit whatsoever um, from us losing a lot of our pass catchers and our quarterback. I think we're going to fall back early, like you said, and try to play catch up. So. What kind of bizarro world is it that Evan Ingram is the healthiest player on the Giants? On the, uh, yeah, right. I mean, he's been like our biggest issue for the past like, year and a half. And they're like, oh, hey, Evan Ingram's going to be your healthiest player coming into this week. Just blows my mind. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a sad day for me to be a Giants fan. First Saquon went down. <laughs> then Daniel Jones was drooling out of his mouth while he was trying to walk straight. It was, uh, it was a rough week to be a Giants fan, so. Not too great. Speaking of the Giants, moving on to our news and notes section. Saquon Barkley uh, injured his ankle, turned out to be a low ankle sprain. Thank God. Uh, Looked a lot worse from the pictures. 
Definitely looked like a high ankle sprain, maybe some type of fracture, but fortunately it didn't turn out to be like that. Um, my question being is, would you trust Saquon Barkley for the rest of the year if you're his manager for him to stay healthy without having to worry if he's going to get injured or not? First of all, I can't believe that that is that he it's only going to be like a couple of weeks for him because it, like, yeah. it, it looked like his ankle turned into a water balloon. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It looked really bad. Yeah, ankle injuries are, are tough for running backs. I know that I think Joe Mixon had one last year and it kind of appeared for a while. Uh, I, I think you have to be concerned about it being recurring for the rest of the year or at least kind of hindering him. Mm-hmm. I would hope that the Giants don't rush him back too soon. Just let him heal up here. He's already he's had a tough go with injuries. And I don't know. It's I, Normally, I wouldn't turn to – I think that soft tissue injuries are really the – the only ones that you really have to be concerned about being recurring, but ankle injuries in particular for running backs are kind of tough. Yeah. I compare ankle injuries to running backs kind of like hamstrings with wide receivers. Um, Usually the most too common at both of the positions, you have an ankle and a running back and then your hamstring hamstrings usually linger for a while. Same thing with ankles. Um, It's usually better for you to break your ankle than it is to, have a high sprain just because a break will heal a lot faster than a sprain itself. So hopefully uh, everything kind of heals properly and he, and he makes it back in time and, and the giants do take their time with him because we're not going anywhere this year. So you might as well just play it safe. Um, and then my next question with that topic, do you think Booker will do enough uh, for someone to roster him or possibly even start him? Uh either at an RB2 or a flex role? Uh, so as far as rostering goes, he checks the boxes there. Those boxes being he is a running back who is getting most of the touches. In yep. his back. And I think that the, at this point, with how many injuries we've had at the running back position, that's really all it takes to be on a, to be roster worthy. Uh, I actually don't mind Booker as a, like a weekly flex play. Uh, even this week when I said that he wasn't going to do so well, uh, he should get, he should really get all the running back touches in that backfield. And he isn't, he isn't a bad pass catcher. Uh, he isn't very efficient, but the volume, I think the volume should make him, uh, a fine flex play. Yeah, I agree. I think in terms of him getting RB two type stats, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I just don't think he's going to do that well. But I think as a, as a flex option, I think he'll be there. He'll get you eight, nine, ten points. Um, maybe he'll get a touchdown here or there, which will bump that up a little bit. I just don't see him doing very well for the next couple of weeks. So, all right, moving on down to our next player, we have George Kittle. Kittle was placed on IR last week. Um, he's on track to rejoin the Niners. I think they said on November 7th, so about three weeks to go. Um, do you still consider him a top three tight end in the game with such injury issues um, the past two years? Uh, I think there needs to be a conversation that he, even without the injury issues, that he still is a top three tight end. Uh, he's clearly behind Kelsey, and I'd say he's clearly behind Waller. Uh, so yeah. best I would say he's three. But you also have Andrews and Hawkinson up there with him now along with Dawson Knox kind of knocking on the door uh, with his rapport with uh, Josh Allen. Uh, I think there's a couple, I think there's a couple knocks against Kittle here, which is he has very inconsistent play at quarterback uh, combined with kind of a change in usage from last year. And now he has an injury. So I think that that for me, at least that for sure knocks him from being a top three tight end. Uh, I think I'd still have him ahead of Hawkinson since apparently Hawkinson can't handle being the focal point of uh, defenses against the Lions. But I think I would have him behind Andrews. And I don't know about Knox yet. Yeah, Knox is a tough one to to really decide what you want to do with him. It's a little early on his hype train. So, yeah, Yeah, I think it's best he'd be four for me. Yeah, and I have him three or four in, in that area. Um, just talent alone. I still think he's one of the most talented tight ends in the game. I just don't think the Niners are using him as efficient as they should this year. And then again, he's got this injury um, that's going to knock him out for another three weeks. So that's only going to hurt him. 
uh, and his stock a little bit. So definitely a rough, rough look. Uh, hopefully when Kittle comes back, he kind of turns it around a little bit and they, and they figure out what they want to do with that offense uh, and start getting him more involved because he's definitely their best offensive weapon, uh, which Debo's knocking on that door. But I still think Kittle's his head and shoulders above Debo. Yeah, I'd be worried about the quarterbacks. Yeah. Especially if they keep Lance in there. He's I don't know if you watched any of the games, but he is he is not a very good passer so far. <laughs> Runner, but uh passing the ball is not a strong suit of his quite yet. Yeah, I, that and that both of their quarterbacks are just so inconsistent, I think, in terms of injury and just performance in general. Um yeah, I don't think the way that they treated the situation coming into the year, not deciding who the quarterback was until week one and then doing this weird split rep thing, I think just hurts both of them because it's hard to get into a rhythm as a quarterback if you're not playing or practicing every week in a consistent manner. So, yeah, it's just they, they need to do something and they need to figure it out quick for them to be able to actually have some sustainable play at the quarterback position. So, all right, speaking of quarterbacks, moving on next to Russell Wilson. Uh, Pretty sure he tore a ligament and uh, broke a finger, I believe, um, against the Rams. I don't know if you watched any part of the game, but I watched the play where he went to go throw the ball and he smacked his finger off of someone. And then he's walking to the sideline and his fingers all bent. Kind of nasty. He is mentioned to miss roughly six to eight weeks with a very small chance of returning before that, uh, which is a pretty long time. Uh, It's about a month and a half to two months that he'll be out. Um, do you think Geno Smith will be a sustainable streamer until Russ comes back? Uh, I, I don't think Geno Smith is going to be an every week starter, even in this league where we have to start two quarterbacks and you're kind of already scraping the bottom of the barrel in, ter- in terms of quarterback talent. But uh, I think he's really only a guy that you can use in plus matchups. And that's saying, well, he did play really well filling in for Wilson. I, I don't think that that's really sustainable. Uh, a couple of reasons. The Seahawks like to run the ball a lot. And with Wilson out, I feel like they're going to do that. They're going to do that even more. Mm-hmm. Even if Chris Carson is out, because they've shown that they like Alex Collins and they're comfortable with Collins being the lead back. Uh, as questionable a decision as that might be, they still feel that way. Uh, and all, I think this one is more important this stat here that they are currently last in the NFL in offensive plays run. Uh, I think that this is going to kind of hurt a guy like Smith who really isn't going to make many big splash plays. I don't think he would make them anyways, but I don't, I also don't think he's going to be asked to make too many uh, deep throws or anything like that. Uh, And if he's not getting really getting much volume either, because they're going to be running more and they also don't run that many plays. Like I, I don't know what we're really left with to like with him. Yeah. So I think unless you he's in a really plus matchup against some bad defenses, maybe like the Titans who can't stop uh, high school quarterbacks, that may be like the the times to use him. But other than that, I, I just I, I don't think I could use. I, I wouldn't be comfortable using Geno Smith. Yeah, I agree. Um, even though he had a really good performance when he came in, I mean, he threw for 131 yards of touchdown. He did have one interception, but it, it was late in the game. Uh, they were trying to reach for something, and I think it was a, I want to say it was like a third down, anyways, third, fourth down. He was just trying to make a play and just threw the ball up in the air, and it was intercepted. So uh, he had 23 rushing yards, which was a little surprising. Uh, especially I watched the game and I was like, I didn't feel like he rushed for 23 yards, but he did. So yeah, I don't think he's more than anything more than just start him this week. If you, there's nothing on the waiver that you like, and then just stream a quarterback from here on out until Russell Wilson gets back. Uh, I just don't think it's a sustainable enough of a play to, to actually do until Russell comes back, unless he plays this week and absolutely dominates and by all means, but I just don't see that happening. I know that they're not totally uh, – I'm not saying Geno Smith is Russell Wilson by any means, but I think we've, we've seen this in the past where if a quarterback gets hurt mid-game, the backup who comes in for the rest of that game generally performs well. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that this year with Trey Lance. He got twenty over 20 points in one half. Uh, but I think that 
that's because teams don't game plan for that quarterback. Yeah. Really don't game plan for a quarterback getting hurt in the middle of a game. And I know that I, I know that the, you could look at it and say, well, if they game plan for Russell Wilson, like how hard is it to adjust for Geno Smith? But I don't think it's, I don't really think it's that simple because Geno Smith is not the same quarterback as Russell Wilson. So I, and you can't really implement a game plan on the fly like that. So I think we have seen this in the past where if a quarterback gets hurt mid game, the backup who comes in usually doesn't do that, that poorly, but after teams have had a week to game plan for that quarterback, you generally see a lot of regression with them the next week. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of defenses in terms of game planning, usually if a backup comes in or whatever, they'll usually revert to some of their base packages on defense, uh, not anything specific to that quarterback. Um, so it makes the reads for that quarterback just a little bit easier because it's usually base coverages that he's probably used to seeing regardless. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Most most backup quarterbacks come in usually tend to do not too bad uh, when they fill in for the starter. I mean, yeah, so not not too horrible there. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to bring up or talk about? Yeah, I do have one bone to pick, and I think that this needs to be addressed. Nick and Sean have the same abbreviation for their team. It's for both of them. That is so confusing. And it's- <laughs> I have looked on the players and I saw Derek Henry, like I'm seeing at the top of the top of the list. It looks like Nick has everyone and his team is an all-star team. But when you look at his squad, these players are nowhere to be found because they're on Sean's team. It's confusing and it it needs to stop this week, quite frankly. I agree. I do agree with that. I actually ran into that. uh, I want to say last week I was kind of scrolling through through some rosters and clicking on some players and I'm like, Oh, who does this belong to? And it said Nick. And then I went to next roster and I'm like, "Um, he's not there. So yeah, confusing. Definitely, definitely needs to stop after this week. (laughs) Yeah. I've been waiting until I came on the podcast to bring that up, but that's, I, I've noticed that I've noticed that before and, I, I won't stand for it after this week. <laughs> if, if it's if it's the same thing, if they don't fix this by Sunday, they should both get a loss. Yeah, I think they'll get a, a league median loss, a head-to-head loss, and another loss just for having the same abbreviation. So Yeah, we're, we're taking a stand on this issue. Yeah, a little 0-3 week for you guys if you don't change it. So be ready. And they can figure it out amongst themselves who gets to keep it. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, with that being said, um, I don't have anything additional to say. I just want to say thank you for everyone listening. Uh, Thank you, Jake, for coming on this week and helping me out with the podcast. Uh, Might be hearing a little bit more Jake uh, as the year continues, you know, whenever he's available to hop on and help out. So again, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And with that being said, everyone have a great night. And thank you for listening to the podcast. See you.